Welcome to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast, a weekly program that looks back at historic content from our archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by today's edition. In this episode, we share a speech from State Senator Shane Massey of South Carolina before members of the COS South Carolina team. Senator Massey served as one of the co-sponsors of the Convention of States Action Resolution. In 2022, South Carolina became the 19th state to successfully adopt that legislation. This is a great crowd. This is a this is a really good crowd. Now, I will tell you, I'm a little bit concerned about anybody who gets up to come to Columbia at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning in the middle of June. Yeah, I don't know about y'all. Um, but no, this is great, and I know why you're here. You're here because you care, right? You care. Like, it takes a lot to motivate many of us to get out of bed early on a Saturday morning, and for many of you who had to drive to Columbia this morning, but there are certain things that can motivate us. Right, and, and this, is, this is one of them. The condition of the country, uh, where, where it looks like we're headed, where we've been, quite frankly, where it looks like we're headed, those are the types of things that'll motivate people to action. Uh, that's why you're here, I suspect, and I appreciate that. I think it's great. We wouldn't be in the position that we're in right now if it were not for you being motivated to get off the couch and take action and to do, do certain things. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been on the team for a while now, and, um, and I've had to deal with a number of folks who I'm sure you have as well about, why are you signing up for this? Right? And is, isn't this something that's going to cause problems? And, I mean, you've heard this, haven't you? This is dangerous. Right? This is dangerous. I'll tell you, um, look, I, I think... I think the United States Constitution is very close to sacred writ. Um, it may not, it, it's not in the good book, but if there were a second good book, this would be one of them. Right? I think it's, it is, it is, it really is a masterful creation. What those men, and they were all men, but what those men were able to pull off in the summer heat in Philadelphia with all the windows closed and all the doors closed, what they were able to pull off in 1787 really is masterful. It's a, it, is, it is a remarkable creation. And I'll tell you that when it comes to government, my default is Madison was probably right. right? Whatever the question is, if it relates to government, Madison was probably right. And you're going to have to prove me wrong. All right? and, and for the most part, I think I've been right about that. Now, that doesn't mean that he was right on everything, but you've got to prove me, that, prove me wrong on that. But, but I'll tell you, the, the, the Constitution is great because, I mean, there's so many great, great things that came out of it. The separation of powers is an incredible idea. We take it for granted right now. Um, that was something they created. And the separation of powers really has allowed us to sustain to the point where we are. Right. If it were not for the separation of powers doctrine, that is, was not only included in the U.S. Constitution, but then got included in all the state constitutions, we would have had a much different history than what we've had. But another great idea that came from that convention in 1787 was this completely new, never-before-been-done idea of something called federalism. This great idea that you could have 
independent and sovereign states, but also a sovereign national government as well. And how do you make that work? It was hard then. It's been proven hard ever since. It was a great idea. And it is an idea that if you, if you persist in it, it will continue to work. But what we have seen over the last several decades is a gradual moving away from federalism, a gradual moving towards nationalism, a gradual moving away from any type of state sovereignty. And, and look, the, the, the attacks on state sovereignty have actually been pretty good. The attacks have been, well, anytime somebody talks about sovereignty, it's because you want to oppress people. And I, and I will tell you, I think there have been many people, especially in the southern states, that have given people the ammunition for that. Because sovereignty was often used as the, as the, 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 the word that allowed states to, to oppress and to keep people held down. But that's not at all what the idea of federalism is about. There are many things that Massachusetts does that I don't like. There are many things, pretty much everything, that California does that I don't like. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm trying to think of something that I do like. Um, there are all sorts of things that Illinois and New Jersey and New York do that I don't like. Um, there are occasionally things that Georgia and North Carolina do that I don't like. But you know what? They're sovereign states. And I believe in federalism. I believe in the sovereignty of the states with certain limits. The U.S. Constitution was there to provide those certain limits, right? The U.S. Constitution is there to ensure that nobody, no one state goes too far because we all agree to give up certain protections of sovereignty to create this larger union. Uh, I believe in that. I believe, again, that it was a masterful creation in 1787. It is something that has stood the test of time, but it's up to us to preserve it and to ensure that it remains for Daniel Byron Verdon V and the sixth, And for everyone else in here who has children and grandchildren, which we all do, right? We want to preserve what we've inherited and maybe even make it a little bit better. That's why I'm on the team. Because I think we've gotten to the point that we have to take extraordinary steps. Now, it is a step, of course, that is included in Article 5. Again, I think Madison was probably right. He knew what he was doing when he included this provision, along with all the other provisions. They knew what they were doing. They, they were concerned about potential abuses later on. That's why they ultimately later came with the Bill of Rights, uh, because they had such such turmoil in the state ratifying conventions. They were concerned about what this new federal government might do. They came about later on with the Bill of Rights, but they included certain protections in the original document. Article 5 was one of them. It is there for this purpose. It is there for the preservation of federalism. It is there for the preservation of all sorts of things that are otherwise included in that document. The only way that happens then is to get groups like this engaged in that effort. Uh, it may be a Hail Mary, right? I think we've almost reached that stage of the game. You throw the Hail Mary. But sometimes, sometimes people catch the pass, right? Sometimes that Hail Mary works. 
you know, and I hear all these stories about, you know, all these things that could happen. It could go off the rails. You've heard them, right? If you've talked to anybody, you've heard this. Right? It could go off the rails. They could repeal the Second Amendment. All right, y'all, I, I, I'm not sure right now that three-fourths of the states could agree on a resolution commemorating Mother's Day. <laughs> There is no way that three-fourths of the states are going to repeal the Second Amendment, right? Or the First Amendment, or any of the other important amendments, right? There's no way that that's going to happen. It, you're going to have to have something. If you get this convention together, it's going to have to produce an agreement that is very narrowly focused on specific issues that gives people confidence at the convention but then later on in all the states that this is, one, a good idea, two, it will address a problem, and three, it's not going to create an even bigger problem. Three-fourths of the states is a high hurdle. That is the ultimate backstop. Three-fourths of the state was intended to be a high hurdle. It ought to be hard, shouldn't it? It ought to be hard. Now, this isn't easy work. It's supposed to be hard. Important, big things are supposed to be hard. Now, I know that can get frustrating at times for the people who are doing the work. You know, those of us who serve in the legislature at times, I'll tell you, some, it can become so frustrating that I want to beat my head against the wall. With the work that you've been doing and the folks who are watching us today or maybe even see it in a recorded version later on, you know this is hard work. It can be very frustrating. It can be demoralizing when you're out trying to pitch this effort, uh, trying to educate, trying to explain what this is. It can be very demoralizing. It can seem like you're not making any progress. Can it? Yeah. But you've got to persevere. And I will tell you, it is your efforts that have gotten us where we are now. Because no matter how demoralizing it can be, no matter how many times it seems like you're not making any progress, folks, we are in a better position now than we have ever been. And it is because of your effort. Now, it is also because of effort from guys like Russell Fry and Jason Elliott, and especially Bill Taylor, and others in the House who've been advocates on this issue. These gentlemen and the ladies in the House who've been pushing this have been very persistent and they've been successful. Uh, and Bill Taylor is persistent. Maybe persistent might not even be a strong enough word. But he has been extremely persistent to the point that it's got there. But look, Bill couldn't have done this on his own. Right? It, it took everybody in this room and the people who are watching and lots of folks who aren't even watching advocating for this position as well with their specific legislators in order to get to the point where the House has not only passed it, but the House passed it in the first year of the legislative session. That's extremely important. This is the best position that we have ever been in in this effort. So a lot of the effort has been focusing on the House, but the Senate has not been neglected. Many of you have been working on your senators as well, and there have been conversations in the Senate which is good. You don't want to just start afresh. You don't want to start completely anew. You want there to be some work going on as well. Sam has laid out a pretty good game plan on this. We had subcommittee hearings in the Senate earlier this year 
to the point that I really thought, and we talked about it some among our team about being able to push this. I really thought that we were, did I just turn it off? Yeah. I really thought that we might take a shot at it this year. We were, we were there. Um, but I want to make sure that it's going to be successful when we take the shot. Right? We want to make sure we're going to get her done. And so what I'm asking you to do is between now and next January, I want you to work some more. All right? I know you've worked hard already. I know you've done a lot. I know you're largely responsible for where we are. I need you to do more. I need you to focus on the Senate. Now you can focus all your attention on the Senate. Right? Now you don't have to divide yourself between your House members and your Senators. I need you to focus on the Senate. Now you've got to do it the way that you've done it before. You've got to do it the way that Danny was talking about. You've got to be polite. You've got to be professional. Uh, you've got to educate people. There are ways to do that without screaming at people. In fact, it's a whole lot more effective if you don't scream at people. We get enough people screaming at us. If you want, me to, if you want to persuade me to something, you've got to try a different tack. The tack that you've been using has been successful. Use it some more. Focus your efforts on the Senate. Uh, because what I'm hopeful of is that we're going to take a push, make a push on this in the session next year. And I think if we give ourselves some more time, give the people in this room, the people who are watching, the people around the states, all the advocates, all the people on the team, more time over the fall and into the winter, I think we put, give ourselves a much better opportunity to get this done in 2022. And if we get it done in 2022, it will have been worth the effort. Now, We've had some conversations among senators about this, and I think there is more, and you can feel it, but there's more and more momentum every year. There are more people who come to the team every year. That's largely because of, of the work that you have done. I feel like we're getting there. I feel like we are right on the precipice. I hope you feel that. I hope you sense that your work has not been in vain, no matter how many times it may feel like you're not being successful. I think it's important that you understand you have been successful. You're being successful. We are right on the precipice. We are on the verge. I need you to be a little bit more successful. Now, my hope is, and I think after talking with a number of senators earlier this year, I think we can do this. My hope is that the Senate will take a real effort at this on the floor in the first half of the legislative session. I don't know that it'll be the first thing. It might be. I don't know that it'll be the second thing. It might be. But I am hopeful. I'm actually feeling pretty confident that in the first half of the legislative session that we're going to be able to take a shot at this. Now, I'll tell you, towards as we get later in the fall and early in the winter, uh, a number of us in the Senate are going to sit down and we're going to talk about 2022. And we're going to try to game plan on different issues that we need to take up. Uh, different issues that we're hearing about from back home and try to figure out which of those things we're going to be able to accomplish and try to game plan how we're going to make those things happen. We did that last year. Uh, uh, we decided last year, right after the elections last year when we saw the results, we decided that the first thing that we wanted to come out of the gate with in the Senate 
was protecting life after a fetal heartbeat was detected. And Danny and I had a number of conversations about that and about how we were going to do it. What's the best strategy to use in order to make it happen? We came up with a game plan, and surprising to a lot of people, it worked. There were a number of other issues, though, that we dealt with that we had to game plan early on. You've got to develop the strategy on how you're going to make this happen. You can't just throw it out there and say, let's get the votes. If you're going to be successful, you've got to game plan it. So my hope is, is that this fall, uh, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about a number of issues that we have to take up in the Senate next year. But I am confident that an Article 5 convention will be one of those issues that we talk about. And I am confident that if you work hard in the fall, if you continue to press on your senators in a respectful, in a polite, in a professional, but an educating manner, that we will be able to get the support that we need to get this on the floor. I think we could probably get it on the floor now. But we could get this on, but when it gets to the floor, I want it to be successful. I don't want to just get it to the floor and it die. That's where we've been in years past. We've been able to get it out of committee. We just haven't done anything with it when it's gotten to the full Senate. I want to take the next step. I feel pretty good that we can do that. I need help from you. Uh, help me with our other senators. It's important that we have our Republican senators, but not just our Republican senators, right? We got we to gotta educate our Democratic senators as well. We got to make them feel part of the team. Um, we got to let them know that we want their support and why it's important to do these things. Uh, but the preservation of federalism is that important. This is an effort, I think, to preserve federalism. This may be the Hail Mary, but we need to throw the pass. All right, let's, let's take that effort. And if, if we can continue working, I think my plan is that we can try to get some work on the Senate floor. You will see some action on the Senate floor. My hope is you will see action on the Senate floor early in the legislative session in 2022. So that's my plan. So thank you all. I appreciate you listening to me. Thanks for coming out. Thanks again for your advocacy. Um, again, I mean, you know, maybe I don't want to say thank you too much because maybe it cheapens it at some point. But I really mean it. This, this happens only with you, right? I mean, we, we get to be there. We have the privilege of serving. We get the ability to advocate on the floor in front of the microphone. We get to, we get to be the ones who actually vote on it. But that's not going to be successful without you. Um, you've done a tremendous job so far. We have this within our sights. Let's bring it home. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast. To learn more about our grassroots movement, go to www.conventionofstates.com.